I first met Brian Fu in 2014. I was living in New York at the time, so when a friend, hey LJ, when LJ told me about the data-driven DJ track Two Trains, I just knew that I had to produce a story about it. Two Trains is a track based on a data set that strikes at the heart of the paradox that is life in the Big Apple. Here's the story I produced about it. So I was looking for a place to start, and I thought the most appropriate place to start was the subway itself. The interesting thing about the subway is that almost everybody in New York uses it. This is a Brooklyn-bound two express train. The next stop is 14th Street. Uh, whether you're rich, you're poor, you, you live uptown, you live downtown. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. It's one of those things where it is kind of a shared experience in, in New York City. So thinking about the sounds on the subway, the one that I think resonates a lot with people who ride the subway is the door chime. When the door is closing and somebody like sticks their leg out, it goes like ding dong, ding dong, and it's kind of annoying after a while. But I felt that would be a good place to start in terms of even just what notes am I going to use. So I did a little research and I found that that door chime is based on a longer chime called the Westminster chime which is kind of popular in like doorbells and churches. So I use that as the basis of like the scale that I'm using. My name is Brian Fu and I'm an artist and programmer living and working in New York City. I'm working on a project called Data Driven DJ, which I try to turn interesting data sets into music. The project began mostly of me just wanting to learn how to make music. I don't really have a music background, but I have a pretty long background in computer programming and, and art. I like to call it uncreative creativity, I guess, where nothing is really coming originally from my brain. I don't really know what the song is gonna sound like. Like, I'm not humming a melody in my mind. I'm basically looking for the pieces and then shoving them together and just seeing what happens. Every time I listen to the song, it's almost a little bit of a surprise because I, I have a general understanding of what it might sound like, but I don't really know until it actually plays because, again, I don't really have the experience or knowledge to know how these little pieces will, will actually come together. So yeah, it was kind of just creation through brute force. The first track of Data Driven DJ was called Two Trains, which is a song based on uh, income inequality in New York City. So the first thing I needed to choose uh, when I was doing the song was what data am I using? And I immediately thought to use one train line and have the ride on that particular subway train be the song. So the challenge would be which train should I use? I wanted this train to cover as many neighborhoods as possible. That kind of eliminated about half because about half cover three boroughs where the rest cover one or two. So the next thought was I wanted the train to cover the entire span of Manhattan. 
which kind of brought it down to maybe four trains. And then finally, I looked at the actual data of those four trains and chose the one that had the biggest discrepancy between the rich and the poor. And the two train by far had the biggest difference, where the wealthiest station, which was in the financial district, was over 200,000 median household income. And the poorest was in the, probably the low teens in the Bronx, which is like less than three miles away from that. The second challenge was, okay, now I have the data. How do I map that data to sound? So I looked for a composition that would resonate the best with kind of the energy of the city and the energy of the, the subway. And I found this song called New York Counterpoint by Steve Reich. And he made this song that was supposed to capture the spirit of New York City with these really pulsating clarinets that are played using this concept called phase shifting, which is essentially these looping, these looping, these looping, these looping, these looping, kind of these looping these notes looping, that are a little bit looping, off tempo. So they slowly go out of sync and back into sync, which I thought was a good metaphor for the New York City subway, which is constantly looping, but constantly at different looping, paces and looping, you know, there's delays and stuff like that. And coincidentally, New York Counterpoint had very similar scales to the Westminster Chime. So that was kind of the perfect match. So then it was just a matter of putting together the data, the composition, and the notes or the sounds. I basically gave each subway station a budget based on the median income of that area. And the algorithm goes through each station and looks at a list of instruments. And each instrument has a price. And also the instruments are ordered from soft to loud. So the wealthier the neighborhood, the more instruments they can afford, so to speak, and the louder they can play. This song is about a very human thing. Income inequality is kind of a very tough issue for a lot of New Yorkers. So I didn't want to be too biased or opinionated about the sounds I was going to use. For example, I didn't want to map the income to, say, the quality of the instruments, like lo-fi versus hi-fi. I didn't want poor neighborhoods to sound sadder or wealthier neighborhoods to sound happier. So I try to look for the most, I guess I'd call it the most agnostic qualities or characteristics of sound, which is the quantity of instruments and the dynamics of the instruments. Even though that still is a little opinionated, I had to have some type of mapping. And I thought that as long as I applied that rule across the board, it wouldn't create this kind of bias, I guess, this personal bias. But yeah, the frustrating part about algorithmic composition is if there is a particular part of the song that I don't like, I can't just tweak that one part. If I change something in the algorithm, 
it'll likely change everything because the rules apply to every single station. And in order to be true to the data or be true to the algorithm, I can't go in and massage one part of it. That would kind of violate the purity of the data, I guess. When I was making this song, there was about at least a few hundred iterations on the song. And if you listen to the first one, it's completely different, like in, even in just in terms of the instruments playing, because I didn't really even find this idea of like pulsating clarinets until maybe the 50th iteration. I, I guess I never really have that awesome like, oh my God, this is it, <laughs> because I just listened to it so many times that I, I'm like, I think it sounds good, you know? Maybe I should like let somebody else listen to it. So that helped a lot was with having other people kind of listen every now and then to kind of give me some kind of basis of where my mind is because something changes even the second time you listen to it. Uh, my favorite type of feedback for any of my songs is people who are a part of what the data represents. In this case, the people who live along the two train, who take the two train. And the best reactions I got were people who recognize when the song changes, like that they could picture in their mind, like where in the train ride that is. And somebody who lived in the Bronx, like the part of the song where it's really, really quiet because that's kind of the poorest area. He's like, yeah, that, that's exactly it. You know, that dramatic shift from even, you know, 72nd Street or 96th Street to not that far away in the Bronx is a big contrast. And you, you kind of feel it both in the song and then you could also kind of map it to, you know, your own personal experience on the train, which was a goal of mine. I'm happy that at least some people it resonated with. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Your Own Voice is produced by Joel Werner. 